you have to feel for this young guy in the gospel today. He uh, very sincere, and uh, he must have heard about Jesus and decides, yeah, I'm going to look into becoming a follower of his, and approaches Jesus, and they enter into this uh, conversation. He knows the commandments well. He's steeped in his, his, his tradition. And then Jesus says, there's one more thing I'm going to ask you to do. And it appears this young guy is a, was a person of means. He says, uh, I want you to go sell what you have, give to the poor, then you will have treasures in heaven, then come and follow me. And we hear that he, he gets a sad look on his face. You can just kind of picture his, his head dropping a little bit, and he walks away. He wasn't, wasn't ready to make that sacrifice. Now, we don't know what happens a little farther down the road. Maybe he would be ready to make the sacrifice Jesus asked him to make. But how do, how do we connect this gospel to uh, each one of us here? Does the Lord want us to go out and sell everything we have and then, and then come and follow him? And I don't think that's what he, he's getting at here. I think, but I think what the Lord is asking us to do, he always desired that full yes in faith and trust to his plan and to his invitation. And, uh, you know, we come into this world with a lot of control stuff and a lot of, it's hard for us to, to let go of a lot of things. But he, uh, he truly wants us to place him on the, the, really the throne of our hearts and to give that full yes. And that is uh, not an easy thing to do because we, we don't give that yes very easily. But uh, when we do, we know really a deep peace and a deep joy. You know, there's something else going on with this interaction here in connection with us. And I think Jesus is, in a way, warning us that we have to be careful that our possessions don't come to possess us. And uh, this young man, he's, he's definitely a person of, of means, and he just wasn't ready to let go of some things. And uh, might there be something that the Lord is asking us to let go of in order to know him better and to follow him better? And we might think, you know, there's really no possession material thing that has such a grip on me that I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be willing to, to let it go. And uh, I want to share a little, a little example here of something. So, you know, it's a little material thing, and, uh, but a lot of us have it, and uh, it can increase an, an increasing amount of uh, control in our lives and, and even maybe even come to possess us. And many of you have one of these little, little creatures, you know. And, um, <laughs> But they're, uh, you know, they're great. I mean, the, the communication you can do and the information you can access, and there's, there's a lot of blessings. But the, uh, talk about something that can possibly possess us. And I wanna share a little in inventory with you here and see if any of this applies to you. Now, not everyone has, a, has an iPhone. Increasingly, percentage of, of, of adults in the U.S. do. And, and for a young person, it's one of the things they really look forward to when they, when they get old enough. But the, do you find yourself spending more and more time on your smartphone, more than you even realize? Do you find yourself spending more time texting, tweeting, emailing, rather than talking with real-time people? Has the amount of time you spend on your phone been increasing and increasing? Do you sleep with your smartphone on or under your pillow or next to your bed regularly? Do you text or email while you're driving? We all know that's a big no-no, but a lot, a lot of people do it. Uh, do you feel reluctant to be without your phone even for a short amount of time and if you misplace it, you get a little panicky? When, it, when you eat meals, is your cell phone always part of the table place setting? 
When your phone rings, beeps, buzzes, do you feel an intense urge to check for texts, tweets, or emails, even if it interrupts work or a project or a conversation you're having with someone? And one last one here, and if you would answer yes to this one, it probably means you have a full-blown addiction. Do you find that you frequently check your emails during Monsignor Knox's homilies? <laughs> now, I know none of you would ever do anything like that, but, uh, you know, they do studies on stuff like this, and it appears there's some activity that goes on during church services. Um, the, and all, all humor aside, the... Uh, and I just use that as an example, but you know, as we make this journey through life, there are a lot of temptations. And it, you know, human beings, with our, with our human nature, we can so easily turn things into idols. And remember the Israelites, the idolatry they fell into, kind of worshiping something that wasn't God? You know, we, we can do that easily. And probably the big, biggest temptation area is around some of our, our possessions. And today's gospel, when this young man walks away, Jesus turns to his disciples and he says, you know, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. It's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for someone of wealth to enter the kingdom of God. Now we have to interpret this one because there's plenty of people of means who are great Christians, very generous, and really, really live the faith. And I think what Jesus is getting at here is that... Uh, Sometimes things can grab such a hold of us that they, they really become center. And that's what we have to watch out for. And so I have a, a few words of counsel here from the scriptures, maybe that can help us a little bit in this particular area. The key thing, I believe, is allowing the Lord to be on the throne. And when Jesus asked for that yes in today's gospel, it's the same for, for you and me. You know, and I find the more that he is at the center, that our lives are more well-ordered, we have more focus, we have more direction, we're grounded in something eternal and something that's not going to pass away. It's, it's rock solid. But boy, it's that temptation to put something else there can be a, a strong temptation. But to the best of our ability to keep the Lord at the center, and that gives us the wisdom to handle wisely the things of life. And, you know, material things aren't inherently evil. I think the Lord wants us to enjoy life. We all have things that we really treasure, and that's a good thing. But just to be careful, we don't turn them into a God. You know, there's such a thing as a healthy detachment. You know, the more we are attached to what is eternal and what is, what is godly, I think we, we have that healthy detachment from the things of life. We can enjoy them. But they're all, think about it, they're all going to pass away. You know, we, uh, we probably, the young people here, we, those of us a little older, we've studied this, you know, with the ancient Egyptians, with some of the pharaohs who were extraordinarily wealthy. What did they do with their treasure, some of them, when they died? They, they, they had it buried with them, and archaeologists find this stuff. But why did they do that? They thought they were going to take that into eternal life. And we can think, how foolhardy. But maybe we live our lives in a way where maybe we think we're going to take some of what we have with us as well. But I think it gives us perspective to know that it's, it's all going to pass away. To enjoy the things of life, but not to turn them into God and help that, that health, healthy detachment. Another thing, we, just to remember that all is gift. Everything we have in our, our lives, every heartbeat, every material thing, every relationship, it, come to, it comes down, it, it's all gift from God. And I think the Lord wants us to have a, a, a thankful heart for his, for his gifts.
but to, we're not the ultimate owners. We're asked to be wise managers, wise stewards of what he gives us. And again, that can be a challenge. It need, we need wisdom on that. But to remember who's, who's the ultimate owner, it is the Lord. And something that can help us when we're dealing with covetousness or greed is generosity, the virtue of generosity. So hopefully we all have some charitable activities going on in our lives and service. And we can do that in big ways, simple ways. But I think that helps us deal with, uh, do battle with the, the vice of greed or covetousness. And generosity is a beautiful virtue. So as we gather today, and we're going to be receiving the Eucharist, which means thanksgiving. May we have grateful hearts for the blessings of the Lord. Use wisely the things of this world. And maybe the Lord's going to ask us to let go of something. There's something we need to kind of cut out of our lives. It's, we've kind of put it like right in the center. We've turned it into a God. Maybe it's some material thing, some, even some relationship. And to keep the Lord where he needs to be, on the throne of our hearts. And that'll keep us strong and wise for the journey.